coming from the management perspective, you would have heard about dynamic capabilities and how um, uh, dynamic capabilities are linked to ambidextrity. Now, dynamic capabilities from the management perspective are is the ability of an organization to reshape its priorities, to change its um, um, uh, resource base, to uh, overcome in response to um, environmental changes. Okay. Now, there is recognition of the fact that ambidexterity, which is the ability to do carry out explorative and exploitative activities at the same time, is very closely linked with dynamic capabilities as a concept as well, simply because you cannot have one without the other. If you, um, if you need to change your uh, basic outlook or if you need to change your resources, the kind of uh, act processes you have, the kind of activities that you do, you need that explorative function to give you that avenue to go into uh, uh, those new areas. And on the other hand, you need the dynamic capabilities in order to be ambidextrous in the first place. Now, as a university's knowledge exchange function matures and becomes more important, it is important for the university to reconfigure the assets that it, that it has uh, dedicated to its knowledge exchange function. And we know that the knowledge exchange function as well as the exploitative function co-evolves with time depending on what kind of <coughs> internal and external pressures the university faces. So one of the key uh, organizational features that you see as coming out of, let's say, ambidexterity and, diverse and um, dynamic capabilities is what we call diversification. So organizations tend to diversify or specialize or change the, the outcomes or the kind of outputs that they uh, give to society over time. And that's one of the key ways that um, dynamic capabilities shapes the outcomes of the organization. So that is naturally the first question we, are, the question we ask. So if you have a changing environment, if you have um, uh, the knowledge exchange function or the explore, exploitative function becoming more and more important, does it lead to diversification of the kind of um, uh, outcomes that you, or not outcomes, but the kind of um, processes that are put in place uh, to achieve its knowledge exchange function? In particular, um, do you see diversification or specialization in the knowledge exchange channels that the university is using? And also, do you see a diversification or specialization in the kind of stakeholders that the university is engaging with? When we mean channels, we, will, uh, we are talking about the various routes that the university will take. Uh, commercialization, academic engagement. Um, commercialization refers to the more traditional market-led, IP-led kind of routes, whereas academic engagement is more about the, uh, uh, the <coughs> it could be formal or it could be informal routes, but those involve things like consultation, uh, contract research, collaborations, or even uh, things like uh, practical education, etc. So these are the different channels, and the stakeholders could be SMEs, could be com big commercial organizations, it could be non-commercial uh, organizations as well. <laughs> what we are looking at is how the portfolio of universities are changing over time and what the drivers are. Now, if we are looking at drivers of diversification, the first thing that people look into when we talk about diversification is the fact that the financial literature talks about diversification as a hedge against idiosyncratic risk. So if you have a very risky environment, it's better to diversify your assets, to diversify your portfolio. But the question is, is it really relevant for a university when it comes to knowledge exchange? Because knowledge exchange forms a small part of its income even now, right? So does it really, and diversification is costly. So the question that naturally arises is, okay, the environment is very risky, your knowledge exchange is becoming more and more important, but actually does it lead to diversification, or is it better to concentrate on the strengths that you already have 
and build upon the strengths rather than try to do everything at the same time. So as the KE component increases as a proportion in total income, a university will rely, we think that the rely, university will, will try to rely on it for uh, financial commitments in the future, which means they will look for stability, they will look for, um, um, uh, 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 will try and build on existing strengths, and as a result, they will tend have a tendency to specialize. On the other hand, there is the other side of ambidexterity, which is the exploratory function. And exploratory function also brings in revenues for the university, typically through research grants and those kind of, uh, I mean, basically grants. So if you have the exploratory function becoming relatively more important <laughs> over time, how, what would that lead to? And what we think is that uh, it leads to more diversified research outputs, probably better quality outputs, and as a result, it allows the, allows the university to be more flexible and then diversify its knowledge, uh, uh, the kind of channels and stakeholders it is trying to uh, hit. So it also at the same time, greater, um, <coughs> greater exploratory uh, income from exploratory activities increases its visibility, its reputation, and it allows cross-subsidization between different parts of the university. So we think while the KE component becoming relatively more important results in specialization of KE, the research component becoming relatively more important over time leads to diversification of KE. And that is what is reflected in our hypothesis, which I'll come in the next slide. But underlying all this is the role of resources, because nothing is possible without universities actually having the resources it needs. And the university has two, like all, many organizations, most organizations have two kinds of resources, tangible and intangible. The intangible resources are very important to the university simply because they provide the knowledge base for the university. And it is this knowledge base which ultimately leads to research outputs and it leads to knowledge exchange outputs. So what we think is that the knowledge base, the university's knowledge base is a key intangible and that should somehow, um, uh, in, again in the language of um, um, statistics, moderate the original linkages we were talking about. That is, those universities who have a broad knowledge base, many disciplines, cross uh, uh, many research centers who, are, who will try and um, address all the different or most of the research disciplines out there can use their existing capabilities to explore more channels and stakeholders and they will probably have to need to do it anyway. Whereas those with a narrow base would try to move to more towards specialization simply because uh, narrow, I mean, given the narrow base, they are trying to, they will try and reinforce what they have and strengthen what they have. When we move to tangible resources, that is total assets uh, that the university have, we think more assets sort of releases the university from trying to build on um, um, their existing knowledge base, but rather they try and uh, um, uh, sort, sort of loosen the grip of the university being tied to existing channels, existing resources. They will try and uh, explore more channels and they probably will have to explore more channels. And the nature of knowledge exchange now then depends more on the nature of research outputs rather than on the nature of, um, um, on whether the exploratory activities or the exploitative activities are relatively more important to each other. All of these lead to these four hypotheses. I'm, instead of reading them, I'm going to show you a picture. The picture sort of captures what we are trying to test. So you have the twin arms of ambidexterity, exploration, which in, uh, involves basic research and applied research, exploitation, which involves commercialization and academic engagement. On the vertical axis, you have time. What I'm saying is that as the exploitative activity, as 
reflected in income becomes more important over time, the universities will try and tend to specialize their uh, KE portfolio in terms of the channels and the kind of stakeholders they use. Whereas the explorative activities over time, if they become stronger with respect to exploitation, will try will lead to a tendency to diversify. What is affected but what uh, affects these relationships is the kind of resources that university have, whether they are tangible in terms of um, assets that they have or whether they are intangibles in terms of the knowledge base. We, what we are saying is that the narrower the knowledge base, stronger are these connections. The broader this, uh, the tangible resources that they have weakens these connections because it sort of delinks the um, exploratory activities to the kind of strategy, that, uh, exploratory and exploitative activities to the kind of strategies they follow. Very briefly, I know I'm conscious of time. We use the eight, we use a eight-year panel HEPC data, which gives us a good, a good eight years of uh, data to follow. Uh, 110 universities giving us 880 observations. To measure differentiation, we use the typical Herfindahl index, both for channels and for stakeholders. Independent variables are our share of income, uh, both from HEPC, uh, which is the knowledge exchange income, and and in total income and the share of research grant in total income. To measure the tangible and the intangible resources, we use a dummy called Broadbase, which is derived from the KEF clusters, uh, which is uh, a sort of clustering activity done by Thomas Coates Ulrichsen, who's probably not here today, but it's a pretty good um, measure of whether universities are broad-based or not. And we use total income as a proxy of tangible resources. We use a fixed FX lag tobit estimator to test our hypothesis. And we use a lot of different controls as well, measuring for other kinds of heterogeneity among universities. Very briefly, the findings. First of all, both our primary direct hypothesis are held. We get very good evidence about the fact that both ex that exploitative activities tend to sp uh, specialize knowledge exchange portfolio, exploitative activities tend to diversify knowledge exchange portfolios, and the knowledge when it comes to the moderation of these effects, we see that greater resource availability definitely uh, moderates or weakens, negatively weakens the diversification link um, uh, between exploration and <coughs> KE portfolio, whereas the tangible, uh, sorry, the intangible assets strengthens <coughs> this link as we uh, have talk, uh, spoken about, but only in terms of the channels rather than the stakeholders. So we do get a direct effect in terms of diversification and specialization from exploration and exploitative activities and partial moderation of the uh, uh, moderators that we have looked at. Implications, um, again very briefly, um, uh, we see that direct impact of KE activities actually have an impact on KE strategy uh, as, it, as exploitative activities grow and which is probably through experience and uh, learning by doing which is what becomes important and this effect is uh, more pronounced for smaller uh, narrow based, narrow knowledge based universities. We also see a direct impact of the growing importance of research on tendency to diversify knowledge exchange portfolio, which is moderated partially by the size of the university as a whole. There are some policy and management implications as well because specialization in the sector leads to, um, if you have a very homogeneous sector, specialization will lead to all universities trying to tend to do the similar things, which has implications on government policy. Um, Whereas if you have a heterogeneous sector, uh, you could find universities doing their own thing. Um, 
which again also uh, has policy implications. From the management side, yes, you need universities to be aware of these changes and how they will plan in the future. Um, there, a, a paper is going to be their working paper at least, so you, we can we'll discuss this in greater detail out there. But I'll stop here and let Federica take over.